Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position along with your favorite beverage to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine the show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Luke A., Dave V., and Cindy W. Jim Atherton is on the show today. Jim is founder and CEO of Capiche, a private placement and capital markets technology platform that automates the private placement process in an efficient, high-quality, and low-cost platform. You can learn more about Capiche via their website, capiche.io. Jim, thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Jim, let's start out here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you're probably new to the audience. So maybe some background and then why you've focused in on and started Capiche. Yeah, so I am a, uh, I'm from Vancouver, British Columbia, and a uh, securities lawyer here, corporate finance securities lawyer. And, you know, when I started in the markets, uh, when I was practicing in 2002, 2003, there's tons of private placements going on. And that's the area I practiced. And, you know, lots of resource companies, uh, various tech companies, oil and gas, just lots and lots of financings going on. And that's really what I cut my teeth on were these private placement financings and really what any securities lawyer here in Vancouver does. We've got a really robust uh, junior capital markets here. And it doesn't take too long when you start doing these transactions that you just notice there's just tons of inefficiencies in it. And, you know, it was in that regard that, you know, once I, you know, figured out what was what and how to do these things and how to do them efficiently manually, I always thought, you know, technology would be great if we could apply technology to this and uh, just with a, you know, very simple set of inputs, produce all the documentation required and then even take it further. So again, that was back in 2002, 2003. So that was quite a while ago. And so we put a pin in that and it was back in 2015 then that I kind of paired up with a former client who who had the tech's, tech expertise and um, and we thought, okay, let's uh, let's take a look at what we can do could we and we went out and we spent a year talking to people figuring out exactly what we should build and we did that and spent a couple more years uh, building it and then in about fall of 2017 uh, we went live with our first private placement and um, you know the rest is history we've started to get some really good traction now especially in this this time of covid where everything you know is being brought online and you know to date we've we've done probably 45 placements and our issuers have raised over 100 million dollars over the platform that's a great introduction and what was your guys's goal when you guys kind of put this together and and you talk about inefficiencies and so forth you guys outline what you guys see for the company going forward as far as the target market and how the platform works and how it takes those inefficiencies and, and turns them into efficiencies. So, you know, in, maybe in 2015, 2016, 2017, when we were building this, markets weren't as good. So it was a good idea even kind of in an up market, but in down markets, uh, maybe it's even more important to have those efficiencies there. So, 
you know, everybody's more cost conscious. Nobody wants to pay their lawyers forty or fifty thousand dollars for this. They want to take more control of it. So, you know, at that point, you've got companies kind of going to their bottom drawer and grabbing subagreements, and and maybe non-compliance was more of a risk than it had been previously if you're relying on counsel. So, what we what we thought is, you know, now is the time to empower those issuers so they can take control of their private placements. They don't really have to rely as as much on the gatekeepers, uh, you know, lawyers, for instance, and so they can kind of take control and really be up and running very quick is, is the one thing so with our system you can have your inputs your corporate details uh, your directors and officers uh, your offering terms and literally 20 minutes later you can have it all in there and all your documents prepared you can go live with an offering once you do your kind of news releasing announcing it and that, that's critical at some of the at these points in time when you know you don't have a week or two to wait. Uh, the price of the underlying commodity of, uh, you know, if your company happens to be a mining issuer, uh, might move. Uh, the market window just might close on the availability of capital. So part of it was just make it very simple for an issuer to take control of their private placement and hit that market very quickly and do it inexpensively. And so obviously issuers really, really love the ability to do that and, um, and and that's worked out quite well as for where we can take this in the future it just once everything is brought online everything it's just a whole world opens up as to the possibilities so um, you know now dealers lawyers are somewhat stuck in the dark ages there's not a lot of technology applied to it so once we take care of the subscription aspect of the process really the administrative the compliance portion really the boring stuff now it opens up all sorts of possibilities for you know developing backends for broker dealers that link into this uh, marketplaces that uh, accredited and non-accredited investors alike can come into uh, CS smorgasbord deals they might be interested in start to filter those through figure out and then just very easily um, find the deal they're interested in uh, and complete the subscription process so it opens up all those possibilities and those are the things we're looking at now and so you know over the next couple of years that's where we're going it's uh, very interesting and we've looked over the service and used it on a prior recommendation uh, just recently this year and the service was really fantastic fast efficient um, simple to use and that's coming from the side of the the investor side Jim but take us back for a moment just for the audience that that maybe doesn't understand a few things or, or maybe needs to be you know reinformed talk about just for a moment the kind of the components when a company comes out and they they raise capital talk about the components both on the legal side the broker side you know traditional financings the, the various financing methods that you are seeing that are being used up there in Canada go back and just talk about the components and different methods and parties involved yeah and, and that does point to our target market and here in the west um, in Alberta and, and BC especially uh, we've, we're really big into these junior markets, so the TSX Venture listed companies, the Canadian Securities Exchange listed companies, these are companies that are raising um, money in what I call kind of plain vanilla cookie cutter private placements, so exempt market offerings that are done through private placement exemptions, so uh, credit investor, uh, friends and family. Um, a minimum amount exemption so these are the common exemptions from the prospectus requirement and then just maybe to take a step back from there for for your audience most money 
in the capital markets is not raised under a prospectus. Prospectuses are kind of, you know, unwieldy documents. They're expensive to produce. No one really reads them. It's very time consuming. And so once a company is listed, even on a junior stock exchange, then the, really the way to raise capital is in the exempt market by way of private placement. And so in a private placement, you can it's a smaller circle of who's available to come in as i say credit investors uh, those closely affiliated with an issuer institutions um you know high net worth individuals those are the people coming in those are the people for the most part that are allowed to participate and that is really where the bulk of the money is raised by issuers in the junior capital markets and to do that in Again, in the West, especially, they do what's called non-brokered private placement. So they don't necessarily need a broker-dealer involved to, to run that private placement for them. What they'll do is they take control of the private placement themselves. They go live with the private placement. Uh, but all the while, they'll be pulling in uh, various investment dealer firms, uh, full IROC dealers, which are kind of the, the highest order of investment dealer. And we've got this concept of exempt market dealers that these kind of a dealer light where they, they focus just on the, uh, you know, just on the exempt market. And so they'll act as in finding arrangements. And so a company goes live and they let, uh, they sign up these finders and the finders can then kind of put their tentacles out and reach out to their book and those that know them and then bring, bring in investors and be paid a commission. And uh, of course, and the other party to that, the key party, the gatekeeper, is, as I say, is is the lawyers. So it's a very regulatory intensive process, especially when, when you're listed. Uh, there's a lot of steps to jump through and you need to do it exactly right to ensure that uh, you've got these exemptions and everything that's required to rely on the exemptions covered off. Um, so, you know, starting with, you know, without going through all the documents, but there's uh, there's news releases, there's material change reports that get filed with the regulators. Of course, you need a director's resolution approving the offering. Uh, you'll have this full form investment subscription agreement. Often these will be unit deals where there's a warrant attached. So there'll be a warrant agreement. There'll be finding agreements um, required as well. So, and that's just the initial stages and then it goes all the way through uh, with uh, you know filings with the stock exchange kind of initial ones and final ones and then all the way through to eventually the requirement to file a report of exempt distribution with regulators really wrapping everything up saying here's the financing i did here's the people who were paid commissions here's how much we raised here's the categories we used uh, and, and then filing that so it, as I say, there's lots and lots of documents and everything needs to be done correctly. And so, you know, the traditional process and paper base is, you know, error prone and inefficient. And so with Capiche, of course, just with the inputs and a subscriber coming in and filling out their own details, uh, we lead them through the process, you know, ensuring that there is an exemption available and that they satisfy it. Uh, and um, so once all that information is there, all, all the documentation is automatically populated all the way through to that final filing, that report of exempt distribution. So when you ask about kind of the, the key components to it, it's it's really the issuer is central to it, but we've got these, the finders, whether it's investment dealers or exempt market dealers, uh, we've got the lawyers who, who are involved. And uh, and now we've got kind of um, uh, game-changing technologies like Capiche that can really pull it all together, uh, prepare all the documentation, ensure compliance, and just facilitate the interactions between um, all those parties. Talk just a little bit more about 
there's obviously some of those gatekeepers and, and some of those other parties being, of course, obviously legal counsel, which is a place that, that Capiche really takes and standardizes and I guess, you know, boilerplates for lack of better words. And also you've got the broker element as well. How do you see Capiche really fitting in with that community, both on the legal side for folks, for legal groups that, that would support the technology and also for the brokers who, you know, having maybe some kind of involvement there from a cost standpoint or, or of course, their, their fees standpoint, potentially. Do you see that there's resistance? Do you see that there's uh, people that are amenable and open to this improvement? Maybe just talk about that and what issues you see. On the legal side, in fact, you know, when I talked about before we got started going out and talking to, you know, dozens, if not hundreds of people, uh, you know, lawyers were in that group as well. And to a person, lawyer said, you know, great idea. We don't like doing this ordinary course routine work. You know, it takes time. It's inefficient. Um, you know, our clients kind of push back on the charges for, for that work. Um, yeah, you take that and then we're available for the high value stuff as part of that placement. We'll oversee it. And you know, I took them at their word, and that is not exactly the way it played out in practice. Once they saw it in front of them and it saw, they could see how it kind of took 30, 40, 50 hours of their time and boiled it down to two hours and more of an oversight role. They were less enthusiastic about pushing it to their clients. That being said, they have been amenable when it comes through the client, the issuer. And so really we end up selling to the issuer and the issuer, it's a no brainer for them. And we just coach the issuer and say, you know, when you go to your counsel, say, you know, this is what Capiche is, here's what it does. You'll have the ability to oversee it and just direct your counsel uh, and really take control of that relationship. And I think that serves those clients well, and that's what's happened. And then, and then counsel are more than happy to kind of perform that more limited role on that basis and they oversee it. And they've been very progressive in that, in, in that regard. So, so it's been very good. They've been very amenable to working with us and overseeing placements and acting on their client's best behalf uh, and in their best interest. But what they haven't done in in no cases have they then pushed it on to their other clientele, right? They'll keep that for themselves. You know, I say that a little bit cynically, but, uh, but you know, I think that is the state of affairs. On the broker-dealer side, then we did turn some attention on the broker-dealers over the last um, year, year and a half, because it's different for the broker-dealers, right? It's not necessarily... Um, a cost, it could be a profit center for broker-dealers. Typically a broker-dealer, if they get involved, they can often charge corporate finance fees and other fees uh, to a company. So a product like Capiche could just wrap into their product offering very easily and kind of differentiate them from their competitors. So they could come to an issuer and say, yeah, we'd like to kind of do your next private placement. We'd like to be involved in that. We could kind of lead this. Uh, and by the way, um, what comes included is this platform, uh, Capiche, and makes it very easy, uh, kind of really distills the process on the subscription side. So when your subscribers are coming in, it's just very easy for them. It's mistake-free, deficiency-free. So they come in and everybody has a good experience and uh, and it's not gonna cost you uh, very much money. That's kind of part, part of what we offer. So so we've been pushing that over the last uh, year, year and a half and with limited success. And so we're always kind of tweaking how we do that and, and what we can provide. Um, and so we've got a few ideas in the works and how we can make them more receptive to that. But I will say that, you know, for however kind of, you know, the lack of efficiencies on the legal side and, uh, you know, the lack of progress in adopting technologies in the legal sphere, 
I find broker dealers are even maybe a little bit more behind the curve on that. You know, many of these broker dealers are not receptive to even things like electronic signatures on documents, even though um, the regulatory bodies have said, you know, that's fine, just bake it into your um, uh, policies and procedures manual, make sure you have controls in place. Um, so, so there's still work to be done on the broker dealer side, but I think that's probably our entry entry point for kind of long-term success and real true traction with uh, with a you know a proper distribution channel. The legal relationships that some of these companies have, you know, obviously they they want to maintain those and keep those. So there's there's some interest to you know use a, that legal relationship for maybe just simple high level, really high level review of a process that, that that like you said is is very simple it's been repeated millions and millions of times it's very boilerplate standard and the same thing for the brokers you know they tend not to want to change and and i think it's interesting when you bring in this situation that's happened you know in this year 2020 with covid and the amount of push to go online notwithstanding the fact that this technology has been out there obviously there's a big push now to improve that so certainly there's there's some improvements to be made and Capiche really allows that to, to occur. Well, how about, you know, for investors that are really constantly looking out for private placements, searching out private placements and trying to keep up to date with, with either companies they know or maybe companies that they don't know that they get introduced to in a private placement announcement, what do you think that they should pay attention to to really kind of drive their understanding and information about what's happening in the private placement market? You know, is there any avenues that you recommend that they should keep an eye on to keep engaged with private placement opportunities? That's a tough one. I think that's a real gap in the market. And I, you know, I always say when people ask, you know, we're one half of the coin and really maybe even not even half of the equation is just adding efficiencies to the process. Really what's key in the private placement in the exempt market is putting eyeballs on deals, right? And from the issuer side, obviously, uh, those raising capital, it's very important to, to find those people that may, may be interested. Um, and of course, from the investor side, they're looking for opportunities and where do I find these opportunities? And that is just a huge gap in the market right now. And, and so when I talked about kind of a marketplace and kind of us looking at that, it's um, it, it's doing exactly that, trying to find a way to kind of pull all these, all private placements together and put them in one place and then make it very easy for people to kind of sort those private placements and to kind of find, you know, companies, you know, whatever, whether it's the industry they're looking for or jurisdiction or the price per share or market cap, you know, so that an investor can really sort through a very large number of, uh, of offerings. And then of course, you know, just make it very easy then to participate in that private place. And, and so that those are the ideas we're looking at on the marketplace side. And um, so there are, there have been, there are, and there have been kind of some of these amalgamating at websites, something like privateplacements.com, I think, where you can go on and you can see, and the way I think they do it is they'll just comb through news releases and, and then just have a summary of kind of what's been announced and a brief description of, of the offering terms. I think um, that's a start for sure. But, but 
that's not truly offering it up to any particular to any to investors at all right that's just kind of a summary of what's going on in the market i guess you could use something like that and then go ahead and uh, and contact the company and then figure out how you might participate in that private placement but typically there's not what i'm talking about is something along those lines uh but then of course you click on what you're interested in and then there's a button that says subscribe now right and you take it from there and then you can complete your investment uh very quickly and easily and for whatever reason that doesn't exist in the market yet yes and it should and i think that that's that's an interesting set of points you bring up there i think this ties back to capiche where as you guys increase your volumes and deal flow jim just there as one source is there a potential for you guys to look at just a standard mailing list that uh, interested parties can sign up for for not only news about what the company's doing but also what deals the company is processing that obviously have been announced. Is that something you guys are, are considering in-house to design up as you guys increase your volume? Not exactly that. We, it, it's a little bit tough to thread the needle on that. We've come at it from the perspective that we're just software that facilitates the transaction itself. So we're not in any way matching investors with issuers. And because once you get into to doing that, you, you're into the realm of registerable activities and you need to be registered in the appropriate category broker dealer. And it, it, that wouldn't be the end of the world. It wouldn't be too tough, but what, what happens is you, you bring upon yourself uh, some pretty extensive obligations for kind of know your client, know your product, due diligence on the deals coming on the platform, kind of suitability matching up and things like that. And, and then of course, even from the business perspective, doing that would really, um, put us in competition with the broker dealers and exempt market dealers, and we don't want to do that. Right? That's that's their part of the business. So really, I think what we're what we're looking for is more kind of the marketplace idea where we can have a system that works much as much as you've described, uh, but really deferring some of those matching up and pushing out uh, to the broker dealers and those that are registered to do that work, and just bringing the technology to them to allow them to do that in a, in a very efficient, meaningful way. So when you look at like a service, and I'm aware of it too, privateplacements.com, now mm -hmm. those folks obviously are just, you know, regurgitating news in a consolidated fashion, where I guess for you guys, you know, if there was something like that, you guys would essentially regurgitate news from what only Capiche is doing internally, get the point of trying to separate that. And we've had a challenge too with, with the same issue with the number of folks asking us about how do we keep up to date on this and you know we've provided some various you know website outlets that compile information uh, even using a system like google alerts to craft up a number of various phrases and keywords to right. bring in a summary of information uh, to your inbox and then of course you know we've had to revert back to which i think is important a basic you know, understanding of, look, if you're interested, find the companies you're interested in, and you're just going to have to start cold calling and reaching out by email and saying, hey, I want to get on your list for potential future deals if they come about. And mm -hmm. so I think that's also important to have a, a networking, a direct networking opportunity as well. That's some of the things we've mentioned. And we're trying to, again, trying to find ways to consolidate to, uh, to kind of bring this information in, in a fashion that's not pushing anything or trying to obviously sell anything because you know we're not brokers but mm -hmm. uh just to say hey here's the information put it together go take a look and go find what you're interested in 
so that's I think something that we're trying to do as well. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So it's all those things you described and just finding, because not everybody is going to be that proactive that they can kind of, you know, do all that work and kind of make all those calls and kind of keep track of everything. I mean, that that's quite a, an onerous job on anyone, right? So we want to do that, but just to make it very easy, right? So all the work is done for you and you can come to, you know, with uh, people's relatively short, short attention span these days, you know, it, make it just very easy to find those deals are interested and then make it very easy to invest. And then just maybe to add one other point to that, um, also increasing kind of the pool of potential investors, right? I started off the top talking about your typical exemptions, which are a credit investor exemption. These are Canadian exemptions, of course. Uh, so a credit investor, friends and family, minimum amount. Uh, there's employee, executive officer, director, consultant. You know, a few of these more common ones, but you know, it was about three years ago that the regulators had come out with uh, a, a few new exemptions, including the existing security holder exemption. So this is an exemption uh, that now allows reporting issuers listed on the CSE and TSXV uh, to allow their existing shareholders in. You know, if a shareholder held one share the day before an offering is announced, that shareholder is entitled to subscribe for up to $15,000 in a private placement in any, in any one year, in a 12-month period. Uh, and to me, that should have been a game changer. Uh, it hasn't. People don't use it. They don't quite understand how to use that exemption, what's required to be baked into subscription agreements, how you need to comply, what needs to be in the news release. And so that was part of what we did with Capiche as well. You know, not just making it easier for people to go live and to hit those tight financing windows, but to broaden the pool of potential investors that could invest. So on the Capiche platform, you can come in and it's just a matter of checking the exemptions that you want to use. And the existing security holder exemption is one of those, for example. So clearly just by checking a box, it just populates all the documents in the proper form from news releases uh, to subscription agreements and uh, all the other documents that really now accommodates that exemption. And now you've opened up, you know, maybe, you know, what, what portion of the population is a credit investor? 2% maybe? What portion of that invests in kind of early stage speculative, you know, deals, investments? You know, a fraction of 1%? Uh, that's a very, very small pool of investors, but if you can now open it up to uh, existing investors and those in the market, so somebody that bought, you know, uh, through the TSX Venture Exchange, bought $100 of company XYZ, that person is now entitled, when that company does a private placement, to now invest in that private placement, and, you know, those shares are units, it's typically a unit deal, so those units are priced at some discount to the market price, there's also a warrant sweetener thrown in, and now you, you know, I always say it's kind of, you know, throwing the small guy a bone, so, you know, if they were nice enough to buy in the open market at full pop, why not allow them in on the private placement and participate with the big boys who are taking shares at a discount and with a warrant sweetener? And uh, so that I, I see a lot of potential for that as well. And that's what we like to do with Capiche. It just makes it very easy to open up to a broader pool of investor. And in many cases, those investors maybe haven't participated in private placements before. And, you know, you would know on the subscription side, it's not the easiest thing to fill out a hard copy subscription agreement. 99% of the time, um, even sophisticated investors 
are there's deficiencies in those agreements they're just not getting it right and it's a you know it's a very difficult document to fill out but of course if you can bring it online and lead the investor through uh, your name your address so we now we know your jurisdiction a few more details which exemption do you fall under a few follow-up questions to be sure you have it you sign it through DocuSign well, three minutes later, even for an uninitiated, unsophisticated investor who's never invested before, now you have the opportunity to uh, to reach these people as well and to have them participate in your private placements. And and about you know, I always say to me, you know, the intangibles of having um, allowing your existing shareholder base to participate, whether they're accredited not or not, is is very valuable, right? I mean, those, that engenders kind of, um, you know, trust in the company, and um, and also these are people you want in your company. These are the people out there talking up the company, kind of in the bullboards, you know, you know, saying great things about the company. Uh, they're providing liquidity. They're in and out of the stock. Um, so that's another area where I see this going, and it, it hasn't really happened in any meaningful way yet, but I see a great potential there. I think it'll catch some traction as people start to catch on to it. Just one thing, and I want to add a few other points here, Jim. Now, the TSX board, that that also qualifies the exemption, correct? Yeah, that, that's true. I just uh, mentioned that because uh, our platform for the current focus is on those, uh, those two junior exchanges. We don't have TSX uh, capability built in yet, but, uh, but yes, that, to clarify, yes, the existing security holder exemption does include the TSX. All Canadian uh, exchanges. Yeah would be included. And with the TSX just on that, uh, are you guys adding that functionality shortly or, or how is that working? Yeah, we should do within the next three to six months, we'll have it for sure. Okay. And I just want to add, go back to what you said. So we've tested the platform, we've demoed it, um, and I encourage folks on both sides to also request a demo of the system. It's, it's, it is very efficient and, and very simple, easy to use been there we've looked at it and it's it's fantastic and the other thing too jim you know we like that exemption we like things like that because it's broadly supportive for the shareholder base and also for us when we look at various deals out there to potentially mention to our audience um, you know we like to have deals that are broad reaching for our audience too because not all of our audience is accredited and so sometimes rights offerings, for example, can make sense. And of course, this exemption makes a lot of sense because we can go out to our audience and we are you know, more comfortable knowing that the bulk of our audience could participate, especially if we already have a initial position with the company. We're a big fan of it. And I think it makes sense to use it jointly with non-brokered or, or whatever it is, the type of financing you're doing, use it in conjunction and parallel and then have it set up to where you know the company can can have these various vehicles under one financing and so you know to me it makes a lot of sense and i hope people start to see the the attractiveness of it and hopefully we'll go from there and back to speaking broadly about capiche expansion markets can you just speak to where you guys are looking to expand next uh, is you guys looking at the asx or are you looking at, at potential stuff in the us what's the uh, expansion goals yeah, it's always been uh, the plan to kind of prove this technology out in Canada. And as as I said, we've got a really robust junior public company capital markets, like you know, really like nowhere else in the world. And so we'll look at jurisdictions that are similar to ours, both both in terms of kind of you know the exempt market and how that works. And Australia is is very very close to kind of what we have here, and uh, and also has 
you know, beneficially, it's, uh, you know, it's a Commonwealth jurisdiction as, as it is in Canada here. So the laws and securities laws and just the way everything is framed is very similar. So it would be those Commonwealth jurisdictions we'd look to next, um, the UK, Australia, and uh, and take our platform and then just have it accommodated to uh, accommodate those other jurisdictions the us of course is the holy grail and that's where we want to get to the us is quite a different market in, in the way it functions and the way the securities laws work so uh that one will take a little bit of a deeper dive and that that'll be questionable as to whether or not we do that on our own or we partner with a group that's uh in the us your guys' system, so you, you got the exemption part of that. I would see that rights offerings would probably work somehow. Maybe you can correct me. And what all the different financing methods do you guys see that you guys could really support? What's your thoughts on that? We get uh, comments from time to time about rights offering, how people would like us to to accommodate that. Um, that's something we've looked at. And so as we move kind of towards that, so the rights offering, for example, there's a brief disclosure document. So there's one additional step there, and that would be kind of our system automatically generating that kind of form of rights offering document, and then just baking in the exemption to accommodate. So that's something uh, we can do. There hasn't been a great demand for it. So with all the things we're looking at, that wouldn't kind of be a, of the highest priority yet. But but of course, as we kind of move down that path, and then there's other exemptions, the offering memorandum exemption, for example, um, is is along in that vein as well, where you know there's a there's an offering document produced, the offering memorandum, and so we could kind of automatically generate that document and then use uh, our system for the onboarding of investors as well. And then once we start to move into these other exemptions, where there's these disclosure documents that stand in place of a prospectus. Um, then we start to slide more towards just doing prospectus offerings as well and generating prospectuses. And so, you know, I would never think that we could produce a prospectus just by, you know, various inputs as we do now with uh, subscription agreements and whatnot. Uh, but we could we could get an agreement or a prospectus, you know, 80% of the way there for finalization by legal counsel and then going live. So, so that, that would be the idea. We kind of expand out here in Canada, the exemptions we're using and we continue to do that. So we've expanded to the, to the CSE. We've added additional exemptions with, for example, the existing security holder. We now do private companies as well. And so that's a different exemption, the private issuer exemption here in Canada. So we continue to expand out, on the exchanges we're doing. We continue to expand out on the exemptions we're using. And then at a certain point, once the exemptions are baked in, we'll do prospectus offerings as well and, and take care of that. And then kind of going back to kind of the last part of the discussion, kind of geographically expansion as well. So kind of those are the three kind of fronts of kind of expansion of the platform that exists now. And then I mean, there's a lot here, but uh, then there's the dealer side of things and additional functionality there, and then then that marketplace I spoke spoke about. So, so there's lots and lots we can do, and really it's a matter of what people are demanding, where the market is, um, are there people willing to pay for it, and and you know if there's a market there, we'll build it and it rises to the top, and we get that bill quick, and then we can kind of uh, move on to other things as well. So so there's a lot on the go, and it's it's always kind of a balancing act as to as to what we attack first, uh, but first and foremost, of course, we've got our sweet spot with uh, these junior listed issuers, just doing your plain vanilla uh, cookie cutter private placement, um, and, and we we want to do right by those people and just make sure that they have the best experience possible.
Jim, let's come back just for a moment to the exit strategy, I guess, for uh, Capiche going forward. Now, obviously, this company right now is a private company. What's your goals from, a, I guess, a corporate strategy standpoint um, as far as, you know, how that how the company proceeds forward with, you know, mastering this technology and this efficiency platform that you guys are working on? Do you guys see in the future that you guys would look at a public listing? Is it something that's going to remain private? What's your goals with how the company is going to go forward? Yeah, if it's not been apparent so far, I'm a, a huge fan of what we have here in Canada, these junior capital markets, kind of the public listings, uh, TSXV or CSC. Um, I think it, it's unlike anything else in the world, and it's supremely valuable for um, really giving companies a leg up here. We've got lots of great companies on on the mining side, oil and gas side, um, you know, now cannabis and, you know, whatever happens to be the industry that's up and coming. Obviously, PPE companies kind of uh, are now kind of heading that way. We had blockchain for a while. And um, so it's a really robust, I use that word before, but it's it's also very fluid in kind of how it moves and shakes and, and can accommodate uh, any businesses that are in need of capital. So, you know, all that being said, yeah, absolutely, kind of that would be the path. My preferred path to go down is to to be a public company, whether CSE, TSX Venture, and then move up to a senior board listing. Um, to me, uh, this is the market I'm familiar with. You know, I, I don't come from the venture capital side in the same way. I have some exposure to, you know, your typical venture capital. But uh, for me, uh, I really like the way our junior uh, public capital markets work, and uh, and I think that's for us longer term. Yeah, absolutely. And if you expand the platform to all of these various industries and sectors, that makes a lot of sense from a, a volatility standpoint as far as, you know, the company's sustainability going forward with cash flows, et cetera. Well, I want to tie this in because I think it's important. Let's go back for a moment. You know, you know the, the traditional uh, private placement costs from a legal standpoint. But let's tie it back in and give us an example of what a fee would be using Capiche with why should companies and investors be using Capiche for their deals and what would you say to them? Right. So we did a canvassing of that. And of course, when I was in private practice, um, you know, I have a really good sense of, you know, what people were charging. And, you know, it was typically upwards of $40,000 for uh, legal counsel to act on behalf of an issuer and do a non-broker private placement. So that, that's, you know, high-end counsel, you know, a top-tier firm. You'd have kind of, you know, smaller boutique firms and even sole practitioners. And so it would be along a continuum. And then, and then there's even kind of, you can find kind of paralegal or corporate service firms that uh, would do these deals for, you know, as low as $10,000. And and then to be quite honest with you, there's uh, some issuers out there that wouldn't pay legal counsel and, you know, reach for that uh, subscription agreement from the bottom drawer and, and do it themselves. And so those are companies I would say that, you know, probably aren't in the sweet spot for us. It's pretty hard to convince them that compliance is important if they're willing to go without legal counsel at all. So, so you know, we're working, we're looking at those companies that you know value compliance know that it's important uh, but they just want to kind of put their lawyer in more of a kind of an oversight role and less about their routine ordinary course uh, documentation preparation and so those companies now will charge you know anywhere from 15 to twenty five thousand dollars and uh, for that sort of work and so our pricing we've come in and you know we revisit this from time to time but we tier our pricing and so we come in at uh, 
you know, we allow people to do a small private placement uh, for, you know, 350K or less, and we charge $2,500. Anything up to a million dollars is uh, 3750. Uh, between a million and five million, we charge 5,000. And anything over $5 million is uh, $6,250. And then there are some additional fees for if you've got a number of subscribers going beyond 50, uh, we've got an additional fee, a uh, small fee for that. And that some of these private placements, you know, that stretch out over time will kind of charge a, an additional fee per month just for storage costs and whatnot. So as you can see, kind of, you know, very economical. So even at the top end, uh, 6250 for a $5 million financing, you know, we're really coming in at, you know, a quarter of the cost of, uh, of what you would expect to pay kind of, you know, letting your legal counsel run with them. Yeah. And I think that's important to point out because obviously if, as it gets higher from there, the fees are pretty much capped. I really do think that's important because in this environment with companies looking at cost of capital, and this is included, that's, that's part of cost of capital. And it's negligible, to be honest with you. It's it's a very small amount compared to conventional channels. And I think that that is important when you're a company that's looking to be cost effective and be a steward of shareholder capital. I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, Jim, uh, best way uh, for interested parties to reach out to you and the company for more information. Yeah, probably the best way is to go to our website at capiche.io and you can contact uh us through there and, and by all means book a demo and happy to set up a call and or screen share and uh, and show people just uh, just how, how it works and how easy it is uh, to get up and running and go live with a private placement so that would be the best way just coming in through our website and you know you can contact me as well by by email at james at capiche.io uh, or uh, or through LinkedIn or various other channels you can also follow me on kind of Twitter and LinkedIn as well and uh, and reach out that way Excellent. Well, Jim, really appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us about these issues. I think they are important and, and a really fantastic uh, platform and capiche. Really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, thanks so much, Andrew. I really appreciate the opportunity to tell your audience more about capiche.